0: Zoom 23. All right, I'm on as well. 13. Yeah. We go. I still have 35 hours of available <laughs> audio.
1: Let everyone know I'm being recorded. My computer is acting like, it's filling up so I got to dump season four on something or just hope the internet holds it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> In week two, the Buffalo Bills killed the Miami Dolphins. A Buffalo Bill hasn't killed like that since O.J. Simpson. This is the push up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while well, gets you ready for the next. I'm your host,
0: Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, and inspired by your Norm impression, fuck Don Olmeyer right. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dan, yeah, uh,
1: we, we lost a great this week and I just thought of that one here. and It's a fun one to do.
0: Uh, what a week
1: of of games, man. Week two of games oh, here, buddy.
0: I mean, obviously, our weeks did not end the same way, but okay. holy fuck, was there just an absolute slate of really, really good games. The two-minute no offense was hard to fill this week. It was hard to fill, and even the fact the ones that are in there, uh,
1: we might be hard on. There's some good things that you could talk about with those, but... Uh yeah, I don't know. Your, yours ended better than mine, but let's think about this. Dan, if you weren't a Dallas Cowboys fan, don't you think that they would be one of those teams that we just shit on every week? I mean, let's be honest.
0: Uh, right? I mean, yeah, we probably would, especially with how <laughs> fucking consistently bad the coaching has been for like a decade. <laughs> I thought you'd more fight me on that, but that's, yeah. No, um, what, I want, what I want to say is
1: uh, me saying that right there is a form of taunting. I think that's a form of taunting,
0: <laughs> and we should take fifteen
1: uh, yards, fifteen minutes on the. I, I don't guess know, One more I fifteen.
0: And I'm I get fifteen. No Scott talking seconds at some point during this. Although You're I do that every week when it. I just start rambling, so it's fine. I do it, it all. Bounces
1: out. I'm, I'm kicked. Yeah. What about that, Dan? Uh, let's talk a little bit about taunting for week two before we jump into the games.
0: <sighs> well, so first off, taunting is a component of the sport. Now there is egregious taunting, like when you literally are in a guy's face, like you know, last year during the Super Bowl, there was Antoine Winfield Jr. had a great bit of taunting that was specific and pointed, in oh, that yeah. he was giving Tyreek Hill the thought, you know, giving him the the V sign. And he's like, oh, flagged. oh, fuck you, and it got flagged, and that's fine because that's literally specifically taunting. But getting up and being so jazzed that you made a sack. Or being so jazzed that you scored a touchdown that you're like, fuck yeah! And like it just so happens to be in a rough direction of a opposing player. That's not taunting. That's just kind of being no. excited. And like, y- you're allowed to be excited at an opponent. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. just it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like this is this is literally us sliding back into the the no fun league, and that's not where we want to be. Especially with how good these fucking games are. Don't let the refs get back into it and start making weird decisions sliding back i'm
1: glad you put it that way somebody brought that up too they're like we're like two three years away from like all right we're not gonna uh penalize them celebrating after touchdowns anymore and everybody celebrated that and now it's uh don't you can't talk to them the one the texans player that got the taunting one for spinning the ball after he got up was like oh my god
0: horseshit and there's a few others to it yeah because there's you know Uh, I love the old Bill Belichick where he goes, you should be excited when you make a good play. Your teammates should be excited. And obviously he said it in the most monotone fucking possible way because it's (laughs) Bill Belichick. But he's right. When you make a big play, you should be excited. You guys should be gassed up. Everybody should be fucking stoked. I think it is actually more taunting when the whole defense gets together and does that like big fucking... You know, showy thing to the camera like that's worse than a guy being like, "Fuck yeah!" and spinning a ball in your face. Fuck off, man. Like we talked about I, that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I I just know, I know in my fucking bones that if this happens in the playoffs and Zeke Elliott just happens to do the the feed me sign and somebody gets like fucking butt hurt, they will throw a flag. I just feel it. I feel it in Oof. my dick, and like that's not a great place to be feeling things about the playoffs that haven't even happened yet. It's not what I want. This is not This is not the NFL I like. I like the NFL where everybody is chippy, a little bit chippy, and everybody's like, whoa, 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 hold on there, gentlemen. When you start throwing flags for basic human emotion, you've got a fucking problem.
1: Yeah. That's why I'm with it, too. I'm with it, too, and I think uh, the fans are with it. So you hope that that gets rolled back a little bit as the season goes. It's a long season. I thought when we saw him in preseason that it was going to be one of those where it's like, Hey, we're going to go really hard in preseason So that you're excited You don't see it in regular season So that's a story by week 5 Where it's like, yeah, there hasn't been so many But oh my god, week 2 was like Nope, all refs were, were Had a little note in their locker That said, we need, we need Like 12 of these Give us a good dozen within the games And oh, there were some real Silly ones, and it does It takes you out of the game It, t- it, 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 it kills drives you let them celebrate and, and, and talk to each other. If it fires them up, I mean, that's part of the game. Dan, you've talked about it before, too, like getting inside the people's heads. Yeah. You take that away from them where it's like, nope, now you just play the game. After you tackle somebody, get up and just walk back to the huddle.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain sort of brutal efficiency. Like, it, it is not surprising that John Mara was one of the first people was like, I think everybody's got too many failings. Let's mm-hmm. take them out. Like, fuck you. Like... If you're wondering why I'm a Cowboys fan, it's because I grew up in New York. I grew up in Long Island, New York. I've spent my formative years there. Everybody there was either a Jets fan or a Giants fan. And one, I'm not going to be a Jets fan because I don't hate myself. And two, (laughs) I wasn't going to be a Giants fan because every Giants fan that I knew was an insufferable, you know, by the book, we're a fucking, you know, we're one of America's best teams. We play it the right way sort of fucking people. And they were all insufferable fucking elitist pricks. And John Mara is an insufferable elitist prick. Say what you will about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones likes strippers. And so do I. John Mara? <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen a naked breast. Not even his wife. Oh, he seems like shit. a guy that has sex through a sheet. And I, oh. just, I just cannot stand the entire ownership group of the New York Giants. You're Just can't stand
1: himself. Him. Something there, Mr. Mara. I don't know.
0: I haven't heard that
1: before. But I mean, if Dan says it on this podcast, <laughs> it has to be true.
0: Sue me, uh, sue <laughs> me, John Mara.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Slander. Um. Hey, let's talk about some football, huh? I mean, I, I there's news, but let's talk about the football. Let's get to it as we go. Oh yeah. Game of the week. Game of the week is Sunday night football. The most primetime games have been very good here this season already, and we're talking Chiefs-Ravens, which means the Ravens have been into back-to-back prime uh, games of the week for push off to start off. But Earned it. This time they fall on the good side of that coin. By one point, they beat the Chiefs 36-35. to um, Dan, I didn't count up the picks yet on my notes, so you're going to tell me as we go. Neither of us got this right, right? We both know like Chiefs.
0: We, we both picked the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we felt right. bad about it. We love the Ravens. I mean, this has been a fairly pro Ravens podcast because we've been very pro Lamar. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Lamar at the beginning of the season says, Yeah, you know, I don't think defenses actually have figured me out. <laughs> and I don't know if you could have a better example than what he did to this Chiefs defense all game. Almost 250 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing, three total TDs. And God damn it, is he fast? Like mm-hmm. he has not lost a step and he is just making great decisions. There was this sweet fucking jump pass that he made. Yes. Um, God, it was spectacular. Honestly, if he hadn't had that rocky first quarter, this might have actually been like a, a route by the Baltimore Ravens. the The Baltimore Ravens got down early because Lamar made a couple big mistakes, made a couple bad picks right off the top. But mm-hmm. they controlled this game. Uh, running the football, I think they had over 250 yards of total rushing. That's insane! Like, Ooh, like, yeah, dude, fucking kill me. If you run for over 200 yards on me, 250 yards, <laughs> I, you've been on the field all day. That's what that means. When you do that, it's you know we talk about boxing a little bit. It's body blows. That's what it is. If you keep passing the ball, passing the ball is headshots. You might knock a guy out. You you might you know get glanced off his chin. But the running the ball is body blows. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, you're just fucking toast. You can barely stand up. And you could see this Chiefs defense could not possibly stop the Ravens. He's Yeah, he's not lying. I looked it up. Lamar had over 100 yards rushing.
1: Tyson Williams, the backup, 77. Murray got in the end zone, but he had 36. Devonta Freeman off the bench, 29. Uh, almost 150. 250 yards on the ground 250 yards yeah the the two interceptions the pick six from terry and matthew gave the chiefs the lead early and you're like here we go again that kryptonite of uh lamar jackson which is not fair to say when the chiefs have had patrick mahomes ever since lamar jackson came in the league <laughs> true he's crypt, the chiefs are kryptonite for pick a team there <laughs> other than tom brady kryptonite um the Chiefs had started very good, and they still looked very good, and they very much could have won this game. It was twenty-one seventeen Chiefs at the half, even when the Ravens turned it on. But you're right; the second half felt like Ravens' game to lose kind of thing. Uh, the Chiefs led thirty-five to thirty then when it went down to uh, Ravens' eight-minute drive that's ended <laughs> in that touchdown where Jackson just runs off to the side and flips into the the end zone. He, you you love seeing that. He's having a blast on the field. Uh didn't get a taunting flag. No. Uh, surprising. Uh, Jackson didn't do it though. If it was a cornerback, it would have it, it wasn't
0: would've. directed at anybody. It was just general yeah, exuberance.
1: True. Um I don't I don't think it should have uh, but I just yeah, wondered. Um Chiefs pushed the ball down to like the Ravens 32-yard line when that fumble happened with Edwards elaire I don't want to so much put it on edwards Uh I'm going to mispronounce the name. Owe? Owe? Yeah, Owa. Owe. He smacks it out and recovers it, the rookie. Oh, man, the reach he has, and so far he's just everywhere on that field. That was exciting.
0: Yeah, you got to, you know, every once in a while you got to give it up to a guy playing ball out, you know. Yeah. Um, I used to <laughs> used to yell this thing all the time when I played like NCAA football because, you know, it's very lonely when you're – <laughs> 20 uh, and I would just yell ball out hero anytime I got a strip sag anytime I force a fumble ball out hero because that's what it is like if you can get the ball out that's the whole point of football get the fucking ball out get your hand in there we'll talk about it later with the Cowboys it's the only thing I think their defense is good at now is suddenly you're going after the ball if you've got a nose for it, Ed Reed always had a nose for the ball. Ray Lewis always had a nose for the ball. If if Oa has actually got a nose for the fucking ball, Jesus Christ, another generation of great Ravens linebackers turning the ball over and making shit happen.
1: To uh, wrap up that game, that when the Ravens get it back, they move down. I think they got one more first down, and then it's a fourth and one. It's their own 46, so it's near midfield. But they have Harrison Butker on the other side. It's a minute five left. If you don't get that one yard basically the chiefs need seven to 10 yards to be in butker's range to win it because it's a one point game but also it's it's the dang chiefs and you don't want yeah. it so so he asked uh lamar jackson um you want to go uh, for it yeah harbaugh harbaugh to jackson you want to go for it He like hell yes they do uh <laughs> was it the correct choice lamar jackson make
0: the correct choice there hell yes it was
1: <laughs> uh he sneaks it they win uh, the Chiefs don't get the ball back. That's how you beat the Chiefs. you got to take it out of their hands. And you're right, make their defense tired, and that's kind of what you saw here. Uh, what does this mean? Are the Chiefs infallible? Are the Ravens better? Is it just the luck of the last team with the ball? What do we take from this?
0: Uh, yes, all of those. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the Ravens fell in our estimation last year, but they are reloaded. And they look probably about as good offensively as they were two years ago when Lamar Jackson won the goddamn MVP. Um, Lamar looks really good. This Ravens defense looks better than it was. And this Chiefs team is really, really good. But you can see they don't have a consistent running game. They really do. They're still at a point where they're kind of relying on Patrick Mahomes too much. Um, And then when they do run the ball, um, you know, I think they're tight about it. But Andy Reid's always been that way with running backs. He had a Brian Westbrook. After Brian Westbrook, nobody like was good enough at running the ball for for Andy Reid. He just kept throwing it for the rest of his fucking career, and got lucky with a guy like Patrick Mahomes that he can actually do that with. Um, you know, no one rushed for over fifty yards for the Chiefs. That's not no. consistent if you are going to be an elite team throughout the playoffs, unless you have Patrick Mahomes. So. They better hope nothing happens. They better hope Hill doesn't go down. Hill was drawing like double and triple coverage all night. Um, You know, didn't have a productive game from his stat sheet, but Tyreek Hill was an absolute menace to that defense, and they respected the hell out of him for it. But if you're not getting productive, if you're not getting production from Tyreek Hill, it really closes down the field, and even makes it harder to run. So. I think the Ravens, even though they have a good secondary, had a great defense for the Chiefs in take away Hill and the deep ball, double cover that, and then consolidate your defense nice down close, try to take away some of the easy routes for Kelsey and the running game for the Chiefs. Make it difficult. Make him have to make those miracle throws. He can do it, and he did a couple times in this game, but those are not high-percentage plays. They took away a lot of high-percentage plays for these Chiefs.
1: Yeah, no, that's very well put. It's, It's a lot of Travis Kelsey kind of running around there. Catching passes if it's just down to that, if you can bracket him some way, they don't like to run the ball. Kids city I mean, and to their credit, they really didn't have to look too much last year, but uh it's a long season to not have that aspect on your offense. That's true. true. Let's move on. Let's talk about it. Uh Dan, why hold off the gratification? The Cowboys beat the Chargers twenty to seventeen um we both picked this one right in la we the did. Cowboys to to go in there and win you did of course oh yeah. and I did because I thought the Cowboys would have more fans there did they dan you watched this one
0: uh we did it was it was interesting when I was confused uh, because cooper caught a ball and I immediately heard I was like well we're in, wait a minute is that coop am i hearing coop yeah. which is a, a constant cry that comes out in Dallas but I was like but w- wait a minute are we not in Holy shit! So we hearing, have enough fans I was there. And in
1: the indie game too, when the Rams yeah. were there, which is weird. Yeah. Anyways, yes.
0: I was like, oh, well, I'm hearing Coop. Holy shit! We've got fans there, man. Like the Chargers do not have a great fan base. L.A. is not a great football uh, town. We've known this for a long, long time. Um, it kind of took away their home field advantage. But I want to give mad shout outs. Like if we're if we win an award for this game, and I'm I'm doing my Emmy speech, um, mad ups to the refs for fucking this up for the Chargers. Um, oh. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit where I was watching this game, and the Cowboys were doing a great job of getting turnovers, but aside from that, we were getting torched for pretty big plays. And everybody's, you know, talking about, like, wow, what a great job the Cowboys' defense did. I don't think so. We were getting pressure, and I thought Micah Parsons did a great job there. We were getting pressure, but we were getting torched. Justin Herbert was throwing guys wide open um it was really the refs that were helping us take big big chunks out of the out of the chargers offensive production and i appreciate the hell out of it i'll take a w if it's caused by the refs that's fine they've taken enough they've given me enough l's i'll take a w every once in a while so that's what you're talking about the uh couple of touchdowns pulled off the board uh i think i saw
1: those mostly in the second half here for the chargers herbert had an interest or no there was the uh a uh, Long touchdown pass that was called back due to holding. Did you, you're mm-hmm. saying that was questionable? You don't even think that was holding, or did you see it? No,
0: that, that one was. There was also an illegal shift um, that yes, took away. It was an was illegal better. shift and a touchdown. I thought that was a little shitty. I'll take it. Um, yeah, illegal
1: shifts are always. They,
0: you know, everybody was like, oh, they called. The one thing that I didn't think was bullshit was Micah Parsons got a sack, and they're like, well, he was. They called him in the grasp, so they called it a sack. And they said, well, you know, you got to give a guy an opportunity to make a play and throw the ball away. But that would have been intentional grounding anyway because it wasn't 10 yards near a receiver and it didn't make it past the line. Uh-huh. So, you know, there, it's like whatever the fuck you want to call that. You want to call it in the grasp. You want to call it intentional grounding. I don't give a shit. You'd be in the same place. Um, but there were, you know, I, I thought the fix was in for a little bit because the refs were not calling um, defensive pass interference, I thought, consistently against the Chargers. Um, you know, because they were really mauling our receivers. But uh, – yeah, I I thought they were a little ticky-tacky with the penalties. I thought a lot of those penalties that didn't need to go against the Chargers went against the Chargers, but uh, I'll take that, man. I'll take it. And then we had maybe some of the worst fucking clock management I've ever seen in the final minute of that game. Like, there's no reason Greg zerlan has got to take a 56-yard fucking field goal. Like... That thing should have been inside the 40. We should have had two or three more cracks at the ball, try to move that thing maybe 10 more yards. But he absolutely bailed out the coaching staff with a devastatingly powerful kick. Like, that thing would have been good from 60-plus.
1: Yeah, they tied it at 17-all with about three minutes left. Did the Cowboys have it the rest of the time leading up to that field goal at midfield?
0: We did. God, so, dang. yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Um, we... <laughs> So our final drive, that's the funny thing, our final drive was actually really good right up until we're trying to get a field goal. We moved the ball well, we were mixing in Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, and everything was moving really well, and then we were within field goal range-ish, and then everybody just started, like, fucking having brain farts, and it didn't make any goddamn sense. And we just kept going, like, two-yard passes, three-yard passes, taking a ton of time off the clock for no productivity. Like I said, there should have been three or four more plays, two at least, but probably three or four more plays if we had managed that clock better. Let me ask you this. Uh, which of the running backs did you uh, enjoy watching more for your Dallas Cowboys on Sunday? Um, I mean, Tony Pollard had a great game. I really liked Pollard's game this game, but yeah. he and Zeke are, you know, compliments they're not supposed to be the same guy pollard is a guy that can flex out play the slot if you had to returns kicks you know he's he's more of a um you know Tariq hill or uh, Tariq cohen versus a david montgomery you he's know the elusive back to your power back of yeah the,
1: uh, of your loose, uh ezekiel elliott yeah but this just so it, happened
0: to be a game that he he was able to break to the outside and zeke was still getting production productive carries uh between the tackles i mean uh, Zeke averaged more than four yards a carry. That's pretty good, and Tony Pollard was just gashing big runs to the outside where they are not as strong.
1: No, Eckler had 115 from scrimmage, and Pollard had 140. It just felt like in this game there was a one-two back uh, setup more than the bell cow that maybe some fantasy owners were told that they were getting with Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have them, but maybe other people are like, wait a minute. I mean, yes, he got me 115
0: total, but why is
1: this Pollard guy getting these touchdowns?
0: Well, the plan Um, was always to split it, you know. Zeke is still going to get his touches. Zeke is still going to get 15 touches a game. You know, an elite, when they think like Belkow, you're thinking 20 to 25 touches. The plan is for Zeke to get 15 to 20. The plan is for Pollard to get 10 to 15. If he can do that, I think that's a great productive game. He had 13 carries in this game, and I can't remember how many catches he had, but yeah, he had under 20 touches, which is what we want. And Zeke had more than 20, and I'll take that. Uh, do these two
1: teams feel kind of even with you? The Chargers kind of feel like a um, pretty good team. They're going to be heading somewhere this year?
0: They do. and You know, Herbert wasn't making a bunch of bad decisions. Um, <laughs> Dak had a really bad pick, and Herbert had a really bad pick almost like within two minutes of each other. And it just seemed like for Herbert it was a, you know, a young QB mistake, and for Dak it seemed like it was miscommunication in the routes. Right. But – Holy fuck. You know, we talked about it when we scouted him. Herbert can throw a fucking missile. That yeah. thing is unreal. That dude's arm strength is, like, uh, he's not maybe in Pat Mahomes' territory, but he's just below there. Like, him, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes might have three of the strongest arms in the NFL.
1: Uh, have you wa- looking at Trevor Lawrence when he steps into some? Oh, boy. Those are yeah. to much, too. It whips. As far as strength. Uh, but, yeah, these guys, these bigger uh, quarterbacks like those guys, yeah. All right, so that leads us to discuss the AFC West matchup. This is our first one for Week Three. The LA Chargers are going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. This might be a fun one, Dan. Who do you have?
0: Uh, I gotta go, Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't, you know, the Chiefs didn't look bad against a really good Ravens defense. They still put plus thirty up on the Ravens defense. That's that's a pretty good showing. The Chargers defense is not the Ravens defense. I feel like. Herbert can't make any mistakes against this Chiefs D. Mahomes can make two or three mistakes against the Chargers D and still wind up taking out a win. Plus, it's Chiefs at home, which is always helpful.
1: Yeah, I'd like to sit here and give you all the stuff about Chargers. Spoiler, I'll, I'll pick the Chiefs. But listen, Chargers always play the Chiefs strong in Kansas City, it seems. This is an up-and-coming uh, L.A. team that's coming off of a loss that they want to get out, out of their taste out of their mouth. They're going to play really good. But you know what? Andy Reid after a loss, too. So, yeah, it's true. I'll take Kansas City in this one, but
0: it's going to be a good one. It always oh. is with those guys. AFC West looks real good this year. Oh, it's really good. Uh,
1: let's talk about an NFC game. Let's have the 49ers winning on the road, beating the Eagles. It's 17-11. to 11. Interesting end score. Uh, th- Garoppolo, touchdown and a rushing touchdown. I don't know. Niners offense just kind of seemed to trying to get things going, but their defense <laughs> held them down. This game was seven to three Niners at the half. Yeah, because it honestly the scored right before the half.
0: Honestly, it it was about a quarter and a half of Jimmy G being like erratic, and to the point where I was watching some throws that were so bad, I was like, we might be looking at a quarterback change here at the half. That's oh, how boy. bad the front end of this game because I was you know watching it live. I take an interest. A macabre interest in the Philadelphia Eagles, so I had to watch. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, he was all over the place. He was making bad reads, he was making bad decisions, and bad throws. And that is not that is not the holy spirit of quarterbacking right there. Those that's not the trifecta. So it it took him until midway through the second quarter to actually start, you know, being the Jimmy G that we know. Which is you know he's a bit of a check down Charlie, but they're accurate, they're on time, they're in rhythm, and he stayed that way through the rest of the game. Um, they had a twelve play. 97 yard drive Dude. basically to, to end out the half. And that, you know, we talk about this a lot. Momentum's a big thing, right? If you go into yeah. the half going, what? Did we just give up 97 fucking yards to, what are we doing? That was a real kick to the fucking teeth for these Philadelphia Eagles, and you could kind of feel it. They played very flat through the rest of the game, and it wasn't until really near the end of the fourth quarter that they even seemed to get their life back a little bit. Um, Hertz wasn't bad, but there just wasn't enough offensive weapons. There wasn't the sort of protection that he was used to in the last game, and this 49ers defense was, to your point, pretty good and, and making him making him really have to work for every yard.
1: Yeah, so what I've noticed is it didn't seem like there was a lot of offense I was working for either side. Now the Niners, again, are banged up. You're dealing with Eli Mitchell, got 17 carries in this game and averaged 2.5 yards, and then they put in a guy named J. Michael Hasty, uh, And he put, ran actually pretty – I mean, he was averaging 7.6 yards a carry, yeah. but I think they put him in at the end against a very tired Eagles defense that was like, we're out here over and over again because our offense can't stay on the field. Theirs was – yeah – Jalen Hurts threw for 190 yards, and and he was their lead runner because they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't keep going. Quez Watkins had a great game. Quez Watkins, my <laughs> man, 117 yards for Quez. My boy Quez. But there was no scoring in the third quarter. This game was the same seven to three into the fourth. Then the Niners kind of blew up with ten to go up seventeen to three, and there was five minutes left. By then, it kind of kind of felt like, all right, well, the Eagles' offense aren't going to wake up right now, so that the uh the the end score might not even be as close as this game was i think the eagles were putting on some garbage there at the end um they had no timeouts they never got the ball back even when they brought it to 17 to 11 so yeah all right did we get too excited about these eagles week one or was i mean i did say- <laughs> <laughs> i never get excited about the eagles uh how about the Niners are they did they need to fix this offense to be a very uh a very good team or because their defense seems like they're good
0: well where's so that's the thing where's uh uh Brandon Ayuk where the heck is Brandon Ayuk yeah he kind of disappeared I I will say this Debo Samuel looks like a real deal if you haven't picked up Debo in fantasy fucking change that guys yeah uh that guy is something else um But the the big thing for the Niners and the big thing for all Shanahan offenses throughout time of all Shanahans is rhythm. Um, If you're not in rhythm, you're not productive. Jimmy G was not in rhythm at the front of the game, and then he got in rhythm and was productive. So I wouldn't say it's time to panic offensively for them. Um, I would say it is time to make sure you've got your first 15 scripted uh, and and make sure you come out and stay on rhythm and get on rhythm because your defense is good enough to hold anybody down. Um, especially with how well, you know, like I said, Hurts had a productive game. Over 80 yards rushing, he had yeah, a pretty productive game through the air, but the defense did a good job of containing him and limiting the damage, and they're not going to see a lot of players that are as athletic as him, except for maybe Russell Wilson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, what I realized in watching Jalen Hurts... Oh, and Kyler, is, sorry. Yeah, Kyler. Yes, is it's that type of game. It's, it's the, I'm going to look... Uh, one or two reads and run, and he's doing a whole lot that more than uh, than Kyler is is anymore. So what I realized yeah, too. But um, yeah, he's he's gonna get more and more comfortable there, and with some more people around him, with some more success around there, then he should get better. But yeah, they're they're relying on. I mean, Devonta Smith had two catches in this game, and Rieger, Oh, Rieger had that long touchdown, but his heels on the line. <laughs> I mean, to his. The cornerback is kind of like leading him there. It was very well played, and then he immediately gets up from. But that was a long touchdown that just tears the heart out of you, the Eagles fan. But yeah. but it was a
0: good call. I mean, you know, it was a right call. Yep. Every every DB talks about use the sideline as another defender. The sideline as another defender. Just and he because was looking back, yep. yeah, yeah, just because you use the sideline as another defender doesn't mean that you know the wide receiver did a bad job. He just. You did a very good job of forcing him to the boundary, forcing him to make an illegal touch. Um, yeah, it was just—it seemed like a well-coached defense, a well, well thought-out defense that is technically proficient and has enough talent. Um, there was also a blocked field goal, uh, which was fucking tremendous. I thought that was oh, right. fucking awesome. Um, they took a who was, pretty far yeah, it was? back, Yeah, the Javon return. Kinlaw, their last year's first-round pick, did the block, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. This defense didn't stop playing high-motor defense. Got to love that shit. San Francisco's going to be in it all year. Um, they may not be the cream of the crop in the NFC West, but they'll be in the conversation.
1: That long Quez Watkins uh, catch, they came away with no points. No points True. at the end of that drive. Like That's the stuff that kills you, and that's, that's what they have to fix. Week three, when they go to Dallas to play the Cowboys on
0: Wouldn't You Know It,
1: an NFC East matchup on Monday Night Football. I don't believe it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's um, good. It's you know, it's a one and one team. They're big markets. Come on, let me. And they're decent this year. It's going to be fun. I'm going to pick this one first
1: because oh, I'm going to surprise you, ladies and gentlemen. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to go into the Dallas Cowboys Jerry world, and now they'll probably lose. I got Yay. the Cowboys <laughs> winning this one because they look like um, they can put up the offense that these eagles can't keep up with kind of thing can they eat, can the cowboys defense corral a jalen hurts can they keep a, a mobile quarterback at bay i feel like the 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 new uh speedy linebackers that they have yes i think that's yeah. a good matchup for them in fact i, I think parsons might be an a, edge an answer you know as as a uh, actual like a draft answer for jalen hurts <laughs> That's the run. crazy
0: thing is that when we played him on the edge, he looked more productive than he was in the first game. He actually looked natural and productive. I was I went back and listened to my scouting on him. I slept on his pass rush abilities. Um, the dude's got a lot of athleticism, but he, he added a couple good steps. Now, that may have been some DeMarcus Ware conversations, maximizing his athletic ability. Maybe he's learning some tricks. But he was productive. He actually had a really, you know, pro football focus rated him really highly. But he was getting pressure. He was setting the edge. He was being athletic, getting in the backfield. If he can do that again against this Eagles team, you might have some serious problems on your hands if you're Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't sound like you're picking
1: the Eagles.
0: (laughs) Scott, (laughs) you know that if I ever pick Eagles in an Eagles-Cowboys matchup, you know where I live. I need you to come over here and shoot me in the fucking face. I'm just going to
1: assume you're some type of shapeshifter from some <laughs> other planet. Some He's a skinwalker. That's right. And you've replaced my good friend Dan. No, sir. I won't have it. Uh, <laughs> let's continue on. We're both picking the Cowboys for Monday night. Uh, speaking of Monday night, let's talk about the Monday night from this week. The Green Bay Packers back on track. They beat the Detroit Lions 17-35. to 35. There was a point in the first half. I was having a good time. The <laughs> Lions jump up to a seven nothing lead, then a fourteen seven lead. They were led seventeen to fourteen at the half. The Packers were playing catch up. That that whole narrative was kind of kept going for a little bit there, but all good things must come to an end.
0: <laughs> Sorry, buddy, but you know this is this is very much a stubbing out the cigarette sort of game. They're like, oh fuck yeah, oh shit, these Lions. It, it- certainly was. You know, this was like, oh, right, 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 right. we're playing the Lions. Okay, I got you. We've talked about it a few times that your first half is scheme. Your second half is talent. Mm-hmm. And this is there's just a big talent disparity between the Packers and the Lions. But got to give credit to Dan Campbell coming out with a really good game plan offensively and defensively for these Green Bay Packers. And then the coaches just took about a half to adjust and then, you know, wipe the floor with them because they're more talented at every level.
1: Yeah, there could be a chance that the cow, that the Lions are actually heading towards an area of not suck, but uh, it's going to be a little bit. They uh, were in this one until it started raining, and Goff fumbles the snap. And then, oh boy, all hell broke loose. The, the Packers jumped up to the big lead, and then it was just turnovers every time they tried to move the ball back down the field for the Lions. So didn't work out there, um, but I want to really know what i need to know is what did you feel about the
0: lions in the white pants <laughs> <laughs> i i don't love it when they just leave all the, it felt like they left all the the honolulu blue at home yeah. you know and that's that's a big selling point for my detroit teams i love that honolulu blue well um, now
1: they and that's true they have the alternate pants usually where you could do honolulu blue instead of silver but, yeah, this was uh, what they said, like, first time since the 40s, some weird. And then the Lions have never done white on white, like, never in their history. So That was kind of neat. I mean, I, I'm always for, yeah, let's see something new. Now, this was just straight up just random white pants it had. Like, there wasn't a Lions thing on it. There wasn't a stripe. There's nothing. Yeah.
0: They I went, went like, to a Dick's uh, Sporting Goods, and, and they're like,
1: ah, oh, shit, we need practice pants. Yeah. They, oh, they, fuck, they, we forgot our game pants. Didn't pant. Didn't. Pack the pants. It'll be a fun commercial next week where the lions are. <laughs> oh, what did we do? Um, and then your cowboys though, since we already passed that game, those uniforms that they were wearing, sharp. Those are sharp.
0: The white pants. The well, dark. you like the road unis. Um, I do. Yeah. You know, I I'm not a lover of the seafoam. I love the cowboys when they get those like you know the the blue and white with the fucking accentuated shoulder pads. You know, Sorry. I love the old classic, um, the fucking helmets. Yeah. yeah, I love that shit. Those those are my favorite jerseys, even more than the classic Dallas Cowboys whites. Because the classic Dallas Cowboys whites with the seafoam pants, eh, little stupid. Honestly, <laughs> it was it was built for a time when the TV wasn't quite as detailed, uh, where seafoam pants stuck out a little bit better. Now we're just like, oh, your pants look weird. <laughs> we, uh, it's a segue,
1: but anyways, yes, I, I can talk about jerseys all the time. Um... The Monday night one with the Lions, uh, it was a good look for what it is, but yeah, obviously the, the Honolulu
0: Blue will come back. Did oh, yeah. you watch
1: the Manning broadcast again?
0: I watched big portions of it. Um, for some reason, I was having trouble getting into my ESPN Plus account, but uh, yeah. you know, you hear me, ESPN Plus? Make it easier, you fuckos. Um, but I love the Gronk conversations. My God. One, Gronk is absolutely Arizona stupid to the bone. Um. <laughs> And the Arizona stupid is a different species of stupid, by the way, in case you're wondering. There's Florida stupid. Uh, yeah,
1: you had to know you put him on live TV. You had <sighs> to know that he's just going to be touch and go. But oh yeah, but it was great. Why. Good yeah. TV. Good solid TV. And even you know what, Brett Favre wasn't wasn't a big step up after that. It, <laughs> I think you realized that one. You're like, okay, well, this is why Brett Favre's not on television anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brett just... Favre. Is,
0: these are these are people. One, Brett Favre is a good old boy. And Gronk is an absolute frat boy. Anytime you have a boy at the end of a descriptor to you, you're probably immature. You're oh, probably those, a bit of a fucking goon. These
1: guys have played football for a long, long time. Football, a game that makes your head mush. <laughs> um, uh, can then, I tell you can I tell you yes. a stupid
0: Brett Favre story? Yeah. Um I had a buddy of mine He's who didn't you know, get a text. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brett, not again uh, I had a buddy of that mine he who have my number? <laughs> oh, no, I gave, I sent it to him uh, I was like, yeah, if you ever want to talk football He's like, you want to see my dick? And I'm like, no, again, <laughs> yeah, man, fine um, I made a mistake 12 years ago Alright, I'm, I'm dealing with it uh, But he does, he has such a collection of Crocs They're different colors every photo um, <laughs> So, my buddy grew up, in, grew up in Wisconsin He was in a bar in Madison And uh, they, were, they were sitting there And they were at the bar And he's like oh, what's in that room? And they're like, oh, yeah, you can't go in there. He goes, why not? He goes, well, you know, this is a bar that Favre comes to after games. That's the Favre fuck room. And he's like, oh. what? He goes, yeah, this is the Brett Favre fuck room. And he goes, that's not a thing. And he goes, yeah, it is. And literally there's a fucking sign above it that says yeah. Brett Favre. It doesn't say Brett Favre fuck room. That'd be a little <laughs> classless. Uh, but it, it is a place that Brett Favre would frequent and bone college girls after games in Green Bay because Clearly, he loves his wife, which is true. But you know, his wife probably was pretty lax with that sort of
1: shit. Once again, we are getting just straight facts from the mouth of Daniel Wright. <laughs> um, Sue me, Brett. Come on, I got so Pat, many
0: pictures of you, Dick.
1: Pat <laughs> McAfee <laughs> ended the night. Uh, he, you could obviously tell he had money on the Packers uh, covering. <laughs> and he's like, "All right, it's this much, and oh, this touchdown is a real thing. I have to worry about." Um, I was on the other side actually with fantasy when not i was I needed the lions to get a little bit few more points kind of knocked that down a little bit didn't work out for me but yeah that that was fun to just see another guy like in that situation and Pat McAfee is pretty fun uh, on television as as people already know
0: oh he's a good i mean he the dude's a personality personality shines through at whatever medium
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Packers bounce back, Lions with a big loss. Let's talk about their games that they lead into. The Baltimore Ravens come to Detroit. They're playing the Lions in that one.
0: Yeah, the the Ravens are going to be 2-1 and one by the end of Week 3. Sorry, Detroit. I mean, all Detroit can do right now, they are not better than any of these teams they are facing. All they can do is have a good showing. And for Dan Campbell, just have a good first half. You don't have the talent to have a good game. Just have a good first half.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, even in Detroit, the Ravens look very good, and the Ravens are going to roll in there, and they're going to win. Uh, and then the Green Bay Packers in San Francisco for Sunday Night Football. That that sounds like a fun one.
0: Yeah, I, this is a game that will teach us. There is no way this game goes to two-minute no offense for a simple right. reason. Whatever happens, whether one team stops the other one, it is enough that we now know something about that other team. You know, If the Packers come in here and stomp the 49ers, great. We know the 49ers are not for real. We know the Packers are. It goes the other way. We know the same. And if it's a tight game, we know both of these teams are still in the hunt in the NFC. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be a hoot. Uh, but before we leave this game, we do have to talk about the fact that on on the field at almost all times was either an equinemius or an Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh. This was the St. Brown Bowl.
1: This was the St. Brown Bowl, yeah. Lions and Packers. Because I'm on went to the Lions. That's mm-hmm. true. Did they? Did, is there a picture with them together at the end? Did they get the? Oh, I'm did, sure they're. I'm sure it's there? on their. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's on their
0: their Insta and, the, and you know and their father. The uh, splurt the splurt, the split jersey uh, <laughs> nights Yeah. <laughs> I, what is their father's name? I can't remember. Their father is something like Daryl, but so <laughs> right. he's like he's like no, I'm gonna. And this is this is my daughter Diogenes. Uh, just throwing some big ass names in there. So good for them, and and honestly, good athleticism all the way through that family. So scout the St. Browns. Right, hey, go for them. Um, did you pick the Packers Forty Nine ers game? Who was your winner? Um, I'm I'm going to go with the Packers. I think the Packers are improved, especially the way they will not be able to get away with what they did against the Lions, where they snubbed out the cigarette at the half. They've got to come into this game. They've if the Niners are on a rhythm, they've got to be on a rhythm or the Niners will run them over with the way this defense and running game is set up.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing that I think, uh, you know, if you're betting on the game, I think listen to this, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Niners' defense will keep uh, the Packers' offense kind of bottled up a little bit. Um, we didn't talk about the game Aaron Jones had on Monday night. Mm-hmm. He, he the, It was all about his dad. He lost his dad since the last time. They were at the game. Now, I don't know what that means because there was no fans all last year. I don't know if this happened last week or it happened a year and a half ago. You know, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, but he it was dedicated to his dad and all the the family being able to be back there. So he blew it up with the four total touchdowns. Um little coming back to earth then for the Packers with, with not him doing that again and then the 49ers defense. So I'm going to say the Niners win this at home in a mm. low scoring like back and forth affair just enough yeah uh, i'll go in the niners because i like the niners to start the year i'm going to stick with my horse
0: it's it's tough to start the niners 3 and 0 on the year that's that's a pretty big start there in the nfc west here we go um and they need to cuz it's the nfc west uh speaking of let's stay there the
1: seahawks lost in overtime to the titans 33 to 30 um, both quarterbacks over three hundred and forty yards passing in this game. It was just who could sc- score more and more and more. Um, because what, what was the halftime score? It was nine to twenty four Seahawks. Seahawks jumped up to that early lead. Titans picked it on back to till overtime.
0: But I'll tell you what, the Titans do one thing probably better than everybody: Give body, Derek body blows. <laughs> body <laughs> blows. Derrick Henry had thirty five carries yeah. Derrick Henry had 35 carries he had three rushing touchdowns and almost all of them came in the second half you know they're like this is I think they all actually no I'm sorry they all came in the second half yeah this is a guy vehicles. that just kept fucking pounding the rock and you know it looked stupid honestly when you're down that deep to be like are you still handing it off shouldn't Tannehill be slinging it around the yard but this offense is built one way, and it is to pound the fucking rock with maybe the most physically gifted running back since Adrian Peterson.
1: Yeah, yeah. he And once the, the other side was tired, that was it. It was like, okay, well, you, they can't slow stop him at all now. And that's what it felt like. The Seattle was just kind of ran out of juice there. They thought the 24 was going to be enough. Uh, it was 16 to 24 early in the third. And then there's the... Oh, yeah, missed field goal that the Titans have that immediately turns into a uh, touchdown, like deep bomb touchdown for the Seahawks, right? Wasn't that the flip?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, here's the mistake that they made. Uh, To start out the second half, Tennessee had a nice eight-play drive, and then the Seahawks had a nice eight-play drive, and they punted. Then the Titans had a 12-play drive with no points. They missed a field goal. All the right. Seahawks answered with that with a quick strike. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge mistake. It's huge nice. mistake to score that quickly coming out because at that point your defense is gassed, and for the rest of the game it, they were useless. For the rest of the game they were just getting run on and run on and run on. And then take that into overtime, it, it was the same way. And it's true,
1: Seattle, sometimes their offense is kind of feast or famine there where they're like, "Uh, we're going to throw it 60 yards because we can't seem to be moving it any other way. And then it works a lot because Russ has a very good deep ball and Lockett somehow just gets lost. I don't know, he's small enough he gets lost back there. Yeah, Uh, We go to overtime uh, because, first of all, Henry breaks a 60-yard touchdown with about 11 minutes left in this game to bring it within seven, and then the Titans just tie it. Um, Both teams get a possession. Wilson almost gets a safety. That thing uh, was very close, and I think the refs were nice to him in that aspect. I, um, I
0: actually thought that was a good call. The safety is one of those things where it's it's well, the same. It it's like in that way. Yeah. No, no, that too. But he had the ball just out, just out, and <laughs> and they give you all of the credit in the world unless it's clearly yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. They're almost never going to call a safety.
1: Yeah, and I get that too. That makes sense. Um, and then the Titans' field goal was from 36, and you know what? They hit theirs, so hey, good for the Titans. I don't know. <laughs> <What> a, <laughs> Does that happen? Does that happen a lot? People is hit that, 36ers. I guess it's good for them. Good yeah. For them. Uh, but yeah, uh, Titans had an awful showing week one against the Cardinals. So here's their chance to, to to fix it, and they did. They came back and on the road in Seattle. I mean, they very well could have curled up and gone zero and two for this season. Yeah, uh, I still think there's big old questions on that defensive side, but they are, they're. you know, look at their division. They're going to have kind of an easy road here to head back into the playoffs. So figure it out on the defensive side, and you'll be something, Titans. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got to get secondary help. I mean, the nice thing is if you have an athletic young secondary, they will just get better throughout the year. Yeah, but the Tennessee Titans is a
1: lie. What you just said, I saw it last year. <laughs> I was fed that lie,
0: spoonful last year. Well, Sorry, no, cut. they <laughs> they did get better. They were just real shit. They started <laughs> so, too but low. Yeah, yeah. You know, they started too low. You got to start at respectable and get better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is not a great Titans defensive secondary. The defensive line for the Titans still good, still good run stoppers. There was no running game. For the Seattle true. Seahawks. I mean, what, they have less than 75 yards total rushing? That's insane. That's true,
1: yeah. I mean, they kind of gave up on that, too, which is weird when they were up by so much. But Chris Carson ran the ball 13 times. I don't Okay. Um, let's continue on and let's get through it. The Vikings losing to the Cardinals is my next one. 33-34. Um, Heartbreak yeah it was a heartbreak that's one that you know tear, tears your heart out from your chest uh it's kind of coming down to it's two things in my brain now with these minnesota vikings one is the nfl scripted and this team in purple <laughs> is always supposed to be you know good enough but you know they just don't win the big game good enough but you know the kicker just misses it there at the end because if it's not that then there's some deep curse or something on a on a spiritual level, on anybody that has to do anything with their foot for this team. I don't know, man. <laughs> so it's no, you've just, always I've had been... decent punters. Yeah, yeah. Go. Okay. But no, in all seriousness, I watched every snap of this game and they should have won, they could have won. They could have won. They should have won. There was many opportunities for them to win. There was many opportunities <laughs> for the Cardinals to win. Um cardinals a very good team yeah it's hard uh they didn't beat us the way i thought they would we shut down chandler jones he really didn't do anything um we i mean they threw it all over us murray had 400 yards passing and three touchdowns and uh a couple of the times is like the, the the long touchdown late in the second quarter and then a 63 yard field goal that they hit at the end of the first half. That's the stuff that just destroys your team. So you can't put it all on Greg Joseph missing what should have been a, a makeable game winner walk off. We would have just been like, great, we won. We're one and one, and it's a tight win from there. I mean, this is just the tight loss on the other side of the coin.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's <laughs> I mean, yeah. the shitty thing is you guys are zero and two, and the Cardinals are two and zero. Yeah, but. This you cannot put this game on the offense. You know, uh, it's Kirk Cousins had an efficient Kirk Cousinsly game. You know, this is the sort of game you were asking for if you're if you get a guy like Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook had a nice productive Dalvin Cook type game. Yeah, Um, the wide receivers were all involved. He was spreading the ball around. Defensively, you guys were just getting fucking torched, man. I know. And how do you fix that? It's yeah. There's some
1: problems still in the secondary of like just all of a sudden people are getting lost um i'm glad that you're uh daniel hunter seems all the way back the man he had three sacks and one of the smallest quickest players sometimes just couldn't get away from him and that felt awesome i was like yes somebody that can grab this guy um but you're right outside of that we're dealing with uh i don't for some reason um Well, all of our linebackers were banged up throughout the week for some random reason, so it didn't look like Kendricks was his full self. Nick Vigil had the awesome pick six in this game, so that (laughs) helped out. But, yeah, once in a while these secondaries just get lost. I don't think Brashad Breeland was the answer there on the other side of Patrick Mm -hmm. Peterson. I've been trying to uh, catch Patrick Peterson on his All Things Covered uh, podcast with his cousin Darren McFadden there. (laughs) Is it Darren McFadden that's brand i think that i it's think it's mcfadden i don't know if i, I thought him. it was i thought it was darren the one from the steelers anyways he's the other one Oh, brian mcfadden yes on the uh, podcast and most of the time patrick peterson is just like real football focuses i gave up 86 yards how did they get that and i was like All right, you know what just tell me what the fuck's going on because somebody gave up those yards um yeah and most of the time i think in this one it's you can't you know, guard the receivers forever. When Murray loops out there and then throws it, uh, another really long one was a fourth and five, and we came up the middle with an eight-gap blitz with Harrison Smith, and there just wasn't the help. He he threw it over there, and the guy gets past uh, Mackenzie Alexander just enough. So little plays here and there, tight little. If if it just went eh, this way, but it's the minnesota vikings it doesn't go that way uh (laughs) eight out of ten seven that'll be nice seven out of ten times it won't go the vikings way when it's those hairline which way is this thing gonna fall it just doesn't so i'm getting used to it when they lined up for that kick i was kind of like of course it is and i just don't feel good about this so when it happened it didn't hurt too much I'm numb to the pain.
0: <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. That part's already been burned out of me. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right. You're just you're poking something that's died long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you've got a you've got a stumpy old arm that yeah. smells a little. You know, like, I still carry it around with me, but it's pretty fucking useless. Yeah, i have really forgotten. It's there, but you know, it's so. tough. I mean, so but that's the thing. Like, you know, you hate. You hate for a game to end on something like that. You almost want a field goal to be like, well, fuck, we got to get this field goal, rather than what seemed like kind of, you know, <clears throat> it seemed like you guys had more time to push that thing. Yeah, yeah, they did. But
1: again, I think you, you and me talked about this before the uh, recording. Um, the last play was a slant that was thrown, basically. And they're so they're still throwing the ball. To K.J. Osborne, who caught it and landed about the 20-yard line. Now, yeah, you still got to take account for how you snap it and kick it, and the, and the goal posts are 10 yards back from there. Um, it was a 37, 38-yard, yeah, 37-yarder. So it's not a gimme, but it's it's a little bit longer than a extra point here, which he also yeah. missed. Um, <laughs> but it, <laughs> do I blame Greg Joseph? No. It's anybody who puts that uniform on that has to be a kicker. There's something in the something that happens to him so that'll always be there as as a opportunity but uh otherwise yeah dalvin cook looked awesome again that's great but he kept limping off or like looked like he was just dead on the field at these times you're like what is what's happening now and i can't it's hard for me to to live and die with those things because when you know like oh dalvin cook's hurt and he might be you know he just went into the blue tent you're like well that's probably the season i guess Goodbye. <laughs> he's, he's got fine. an
0: embedded hangnail. He's going to miss seven games.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then he, you know, bounces right back. So this game, at least, it wasn't as much shooting themselves in the foot, but they still kind of beat themselves in the long run. So let's go uh, next week. Here they're at home against the Seattle Seahawks. If the Seahawks want to beat us, I just want them to beat us outright. I don't want us to 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 beat ourselves. But we'll see. I'm I'm going, though, uh, in Minnesota with fans back, a game you have to have against a Seattle team that really hasn't played there in, in I don't know how long. We've always played in Seattle. I, I'm going to say that I actually have a good feeling about this one. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to take my Vikings at home.
0: I was going to say I like your Vikings chances, and then I remembered we talked about body blows versus, you know, headshots. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson takes some really good head shots, and your secondary does not put their guard up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give it to the Seahawks. I just think there's going to be too many, too much big play potential. Um, and the Seahawks' defense is decent. Um, you know, There isn't the sort of pressure that you can isolate with Chandler Jones and, and take him out. I think they're going to be just have a nice, productive game against you, but I'm going to give it to the Seahawks in this one. I Unfortunately, I think the Minnesota Vikings start 0-3.
1: I'm gonna remember you said that. Uh, no, I mean, I can't blame you on that. That pick, it, it's gonna be a tight game at that. But I and I think Seattle's a better team. I'm just hoping that that home field advantage is finally back and we've just forgotten about it for a year. Um, all right, I got one more game i we to talk about for you. Yes, Well of course you will be. Um, one more game to talk about before the break because I just want to squeeze all these good ones in right at the top. Uh, Rams Colts. The Rams squeeze out the win on the road in Indy, twenty-seven twenty-four. I got this one over you. I took the Rams on the road. Um True. Cooper Cup with a game. I, I brought this up when you said like you hear Coop. I heard that in this game for Cooper Cup in Indy. Whatever. But uh he
0: had a great game, hunters. Well that's just because he's a he's a quintessential fucking white boy and it's Indiana. <laughs> so sure. they just forgot what team he
1: was on. They just saw somebody. Um Carson Wentz did everything he could. I, 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 the guy puts his body out there, and of course, it shows because he can't last the game in and out. In this one, just didn't look like he was going to last, but he he did last until pretty much the end, and then Ramsey or Eason get, comes in and throws mm-hmm. an interception to Ramsey, and that pretty much ended it.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I feel like when Ellinger gets back, I feel like Ellinger's the backup. Eason has not shown me anything substantial, um, you know, and coming in on a really close game where you really have a chance, Jacob Eason, you really have a chance to show off and do a good job and cement your place as a backup, and you throw a fucking pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, like, I don't think the Rams are amazing. The reason why I picked the Colts is because I don't think the Rams are as good as everybody's saying they are. Um, and this game kind of showed me that I, I think I'm right. I don't think they're fucking amazing. But they were stopping the run, and Carson Wentz is a glass bitch, and uh, just can't seem to stay healthy, man. I mean, I I feel like if if Carson's in and healthy, which never happens, this might be going the other way. This might be an Indy win. I uh, from what I saw from these Rams
1: is I don't I don't I don't see it as Stafford has really flipped the script, and it's a big old thing here. But from what I saw was uh, a pretty good what's supposed to be a pretty good Colts team this Colts team was uh keeping up with them but man did they have to deal with uh Darnold Donald in that middle every play Aaron Donald's just in their face every play and I thought the Colts you know have this offensive line that could have, if anybody but no they just line them up on the outside and it doesn't kind like, of oh, shoot <laughs> and then here he comes so uh Wentz was running for his life from him uh, and then Ramsey gets his interception so the defensive stars were big in this game and then the game was 17-6 Rams late in the third that bad s- snap on the punt kind of changes a lot of it I mean that led to it they, they recovered that as a touchdown so that kind of cuts up the Colts and allows them to get back in this game whereas they would have had a short field there but yeah I don't know if that would have changed that would have changed it quite a bit I think given the Colts a chance to get back in it but it was tied all 24 with seven minutes or something left in this game which is great it took a 38 yard field goal from the rams and then yeah just over two minutes left and with Wentz out there not out there it just felt like they didn't have a shot and they didn't
0: (laughs) yeah I mean they had a they were down three points with two minutes to go this is a Jacob Eason put it on your back make this fucking happen sort of situation and he just couldn't do it man he just couldn't do it and and that's fucking gut wrenching, you know, to be a team that's that close mm-hmm. and just fucking. It felt like you blew it. And this has been the Colts. What last three years? Is
1: there? Uh, they they brought in uh, Philip Rivers last year, and they knew that was a stopgap. and maybe we can squeeze one more year out of this old man, and they almost did. And then you know, all right, where can, where are we going to go from here? We know what we need to do. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Well, it, it feels like we're there again right now. But it's a long season. Let's hope he gets healthy. Right now, as of recording this, I think on or on Monday, he was seen wearing a boot at the practice facility, and uh, the report comes out that he has two sprained ankles. Somehow, Carson Wentz says both his ankles sprained or, I don't know, two in the same ankle. Is that possible?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of the same injuries that Xavier Rhodes used to get, where he's like, uh, which ankle looked bad when I got burned? That one? Yeah. Okay, that one. Oh uh, yeah, I mean we're like I said, we're still two to three weeks away from Sam Ellinger being back. This might be Sam Ellinger's team by the end of the year. That's that's my bold prediction. Is that if Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, this team with this defense maybe works better with a non-big play, run the ball a lot. Sam Ellinger. We're two to three weeks from Ellinger being back. Is he hurt? Oh yeah, he had a knee injury. Otherwise, he'd uh, be the backup.
1: I wondered. Yeah, I was like, why? How did he get so? It's Nick Eason, if, if Wentz can't go here against the Titans, it's going to Tennessee, and a pretty big one for the division in week, in week three. If
0: Wentz can't go, it's
1: it's Eason, huh? They don't have another option.
0: No, no, that's really all they've got. So, you know, it's it's going to be a Jacob Eason game. I mean, worst-case scenario, or best-case scenario, he's going to be in at least a couple plays when Wentz gets gimpy, because when does Wentz not leave at least two or three plays a game? Right. Um yeah, I, I, this Colts team defensively can be in it with everybody, but I feel like the Titans are just gonna run Derrick Henry at them until they die, and that's fine. You know, right?
1: This is exactly what we kind of see here. I don't think that the Titans are all that much better than them, but look at the situation they're in now. Colts could go zero and three here, zero three because that that'll be their their third loss, and the Titans a nice two and one. They got to keep up with the Texans. Surprise, surprise in the division. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I like the Titans in that one too, of course. All right, we're at the break. Uh, that was a nice, long, hefty first front for you guys because we had a, such a great week, too. So you got to get all that. But when we return, that old two minute no offense and all the rest of the games in week two. Plus, let's get you caught up on where we're at those picks. It's everything you want to know. This is the push off. Cheers about the kicker But I kicked that ball All right. Thanks for sticking with us for the second half of the episode. When we return from the break, it's time to
0: speed things up. It's time for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but perhaps you are the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets, and I don't think you've had more than like three games this past two years. Not in the two-minute no offense. God, you're embarrassing. And uh, welcome to the club, Miami. You suck too. You know what? I don't. I
1: didn't. I pulled the Jaguars out of here too. I, I just oh that's three fair games yeah in fact uh yeah and i really only want to shit on the dolphins but yeah let's start that clock <laughs> and ready to go yeah bills 35 dolphins zero they lost to a carded off early in this game but uh, i don't know if anyone was saying yet that Tua was the heart of this team but it sure seemed like they lost something there as they could not do anything against the bills
0: yeah, 2 going down was not the reason they lost this game. Maybe it was the reason they lost this game this badly, mm-hmm. but 35-0 uh, to zero was actually kind of merciful if, if you watch this game. Bill's defense was crushing them. Bill's offense was crushing them. Uh, yeah, this is the Bill's division. Yep, we knew it was going to
1: happen. We both picked it. We also both picked the Patriots beating the Jets. They won 25-6. to six. Patriots defense, four sacks, four interceptions,
0: because it's uh, just a nightmare game for the rookie, uh, Zach Wilson. I know one thing about Bill Belichick personally, and I know he has a fetish. He has a fetish for rookie quarterbacks because I've never seen anyone get fucked as regularly <laughs> as rookie quarterbacks by Bill Belichick. My goodness. He, destro- he could destroy another Jets quarterback's confidence. I would not be surprised if Zach Wilson is already seeing ghosts too. Seeing ghosts, man. they all
1: seeing ghosts. Uh, yeah, the, his first two off of other receivers' hands here and there. The last two were just awful, just awful oh, interceptions. real bad. Um, yeah, and then the Patriots just played him much cleaner. That's all that was needed. And then finally, Falcons losing to the Buccaneers 25-48. to The uh, Falcons made it close. It was 17-20, to 20, or it was 25-28 uh, at one point. But the Bucs, just when they want to,
0: they can put any points on the board. And we, we talk about this all the time, uh, you know, sometimes it's, I mean, they actually had a pretty productive third, like second half, yeah. but uh, it, it never really felt like the the Buccaneers are doing anything but kind of toying with them. Right. Um, yeah, it's, man, the Buccaneers seems really good in this, this Falcons team is, is a shell of its former shelf. and that's well. There
1: you go. That's the two minute no offense. Give it up for Mike Edwards, two pick sixes in this game. Congrats. Uh, there was a Josh Rosen sighting, 0-for-2. Good oh, job, that right? Josh. You got in there? Nice. Yeah. Um, that's it. We we all, we all both picked all of those games in the two-minute no offense, correct? So Pat's on our back there. We did much better this week than last week. At least I did. <laughs> True. Um, all right, we go on. Uh, let's talk about this game for next week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to L.A. play the Rams. And this might be a very fun matchup to see how things seed out in the NFC.
0: I'm gonna give this one to Tampa Bay, man. Um, I've been shitting on the Rams for a long, long time, and uh, yeah, I think I think this fucking Tampa Bay team might be might be legit. The only issue is them traveling all the way across the country to do it, but I, I feel like they'll pull this one out.
1: I I like Tampa Bay in this one too. I think the Rams. I I give the Rams more credit than you do. I think, but even the, saying that, I I like Tampa Bay on the road here. Um they'll have some some trip ups here and that it it won't surprise me if this is one of them if tampa bay loses this one but i think they are a better team on paper and as long as there's not an injury run on one of these teams it's going to be easy to pick one or the other almost every week this week i like the buccaneers even on the road all right uh let's go back to thursday night football thursday night football where the washington uh, football team beat the giants 30 to 29 another one score game again i put, i'm like oh i put all the good games at the front of this episode no they keep spilling over here to the second <laughs> half um this one was a, f- a fun one to watch on thursday actually daniel jones led his team Uh, almost 100 yards rushing from him. He had 95. Uh, That's more than what Jackson did on Sunday night. Look it up there. (laughs) And then uh, Taylor Heineke getting another start and putting the team on his back. I mean, he threw for 336. He had one interception but two touchdowns, and McLaurin had a big game too.
0: Saquon Barkley is not healthy. Um, yeah. That's that's what I keep walking away from these Giants games with is they are figuring shit out, but Saquon is more of a uh, more of a decoy than anything else because he is not as explosive as he was in his in his rookie year. They they use that footage of Chase Young basically being able to keep up with him step for step, um, and they're like, "Wow, look how fast Chase Young is." I was like, "Wow, look how much of a step Saquon Barkley has lost." Oh, that's yeah. that's what that means more than anything. So, you know. I, f- I feel for talent that is recovering, and Saquon Barkley is definitely talent that is recovering. By the way, Lamar Jackson did outgain uh, Daniel Jones. Lamar Jackson had over 100 yards, by the no, way. Let's, it not, wasn't Lamar let's not slander my boy Lamar. Who had 83? Oh, you're right. You're right. I completely switched those off. Um,
1: But this game was a back and forth one. I mean, the Giants did have a lead in the fourth quarter 20, 23 to 17 at one point and then they could have come up by more slayton drops the open touchdown uh so they had oh no i'm sorry it was a washington lead 23 17 because the giants are coming back with a field goal they put on there with five minutes left to make it 26 20 so that was a, yeah a little bit questionable at that point i thought instead of just keep going for it but they had to settle for that one washington answers with a two-play drive oh i am gotten these backs around yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. Giants had the lead. Then Washington took the lead twenty 27 26.
0: It was a fun game. It was sloppy, but it was fun. Yeah. Um these teams both look very young. Taylor Heineke made himself some money as a potential uh, you know, backup somewhere next year. Um he didn't look awful. Um he just looks like a guy that seems like, you know <laughs> he and Ryan he's like a cheaper Ryan Fitzpatrick, so there's no reason why Taylor Heineke shouldn't be starting Somewhere, or at least a uh, transitional starter, somewhere next year. And Daniel Jones might be looking for a new job, too. So, you know, keep an eye out.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, The uh, oh, uh, and also that you forget the end of this game. I'm trying to catch myself back up because it was last Thursday. The Giants uh, were offsides on that last field goal kick, which brought him closer so that he could kick the 43 yarder that wins it. They he misses, right? He wide rights the forty eight yarder initially. But uh mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence cross yeah, Lawrence crossed the line. Oh boy. Yeah. That was a rough one for the Giants.
0: Yeah, you feel for it, man. I mean that's that is a absolute gut punch. Like, we got this thing, we want it. It's like, nope, uh get it five feet closer and sorry, five yards closer. And it's I mean, that's a huge difference. We talked about it a little bit. Uh the difference between a thirty seven and a thirty two is uh, what is it, 85% or 94%? That's yeah, a huge yes. difference. So, you know, kicking from 48 and kicking from 43 are two dynamically different things. And I don't think there's anything better than when you miss a kick and you go, oh, fuck, I get another chance at this. Because oh, uh, you really get to focus in, you know. It, it's tough. If you had made that kick and it was a penalty on your team and you have to go back at all, fuck, that's brutal. It's, you might as well just throw that thing in the ground. But, yeah, to get another chance after a miss, great, super useful.
1: So, uh, yeah, wh- I'm, I'm trying to figure out what we feel like with these Giants because they get the Atlanta Falcons here week three, but they're still at home again, uh, Giants back to home uh, for week three. Can they pull out this win? I don't know if the Falcons are that great of a team either. Is this a win for the Giants or is this a win for the Falcons?
0: I feel like it's a win for the Giants because they're not – the Giants aren't embarrassing. The Falcons are getting a little embarrassing. Uh-oh. Um, I wouldn't be shocked by a loss or a win of either team. I wouldn't be shocked if one team threw this game away with both hands. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But yeah. um, I would pick, I'm would i going to pick the Giants against the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to start 0-3, and I think the Giants are going to are going to be in it with the NFC East. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are going to run away with it. Um, and this Washington team, with that defense, they're going to be around for everybody. So That's um, true. Yeah, Barring- I, th- I think this is going to wind up being a Giants win
1: barring a tie we're looking at one of these teams going 0 and 3 that's rough start i i like the giants too though i like the giants at home i like the giants being able to um find some, i mean they they put up a lot of offense in this game 29 points i think they're going to put up enough that the falcons yeah well well i think the falcons can keep up with anybody it's just they make those mistakes so i think the falcons make more mistakes that's what i'll say for sunday and then uh washington football team to buffalo uh, going
0: to get crushed by the Buffalo. It's going to be very, very nice to watch this game. I think they're going to get absolutely shredded. Now, Bills put up 35
1: points against the uh Dolphins in Miami this last week, but it wasn't the cleanest of all games. Buffalo still had their no. mistakes and their issues there. Washington is a much better defense. It'll be a little bit more of a wake-up call. Buffalo's offense did not look good against a pretty solid defense with Pittsburgh. So, i hopefully buffalo is on their toes here because washington could catch them by surprise but again i'm saying all of that to make it a closer game than picking buffalo too (laughs) so yeah i like buffalo as well
0: at home uh let's that's a that's a man proudly sitting on a on a ledge uh (laughs) right there just being like "Eh, i'm not gonna lean over this ledge yeah but let's talk about
1: all this fun stuff you see off the ledge um Let's talk about the uh, Raiders' win again. The Raiders now two and zero. They beat the Steelers twenty six to seventeen. I had the Steelers in this one, but Dan, you picked it.
0: I I have been very pro Derek Carr for the last few years. Mm-hmm. We've known this. Uh, big Derek Carr fan. Derek Carr is finally getting time. Derek Carr is getting protection. Derek Carr is getting production from multiple different uh, receivers. This is good Derek Carr. Derek Carr is making a case that these Raiders might be the second-best team in the AFC West in a really good division. They might be the second-best team behind the Chiefs. And all we need is one Chiefs game where Derek Carr goes bananas again, and we might have a division leader on our hands uh, changing shape. We were talking about Derek Carr, and Dan,
1: again, is, is on the Derek Carr uh, bandwagon. So, I, yeah, he threw three touchdowns in this one. Henry Ruggs is kind of slowly becoming maybe a number one here he had a nice 61 yard touchdown here uh to really kind of put them up big late in the game it was 23 14 at that point the Steelers were hanging in there the Steelers took leads at times and the Raiders had to keep uh, settling for field goals early Um, Deontay Johnson again over 100 yards in this game he's almost becoming their number one weapon which is exciting uh but they uh, they took so many injuries in this one, so we'll see what the Steelers can do coming back. But yeah, you pick the Raiders, and it it's no shade. I mean, the Steelers might not be as good of a team as they have been in like the last few years, but winning in you know on
0: Heinz Field, it's not easy. So all credit to no, these
1: two and Raiders.
0: And I think uh, to I guess to ease it for a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Najee Harris's. Looking like a really good back, maybe the best running back that came out this year. Uh, he looks good. I don't think they're running it enough. Um, I really don't. I, I think they could have taken advantage. And Najee Harris was productive in the few amount of carries he actually did have. He was around four yards a carry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they should have been running against this 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 Raiders team. They were never really out of the game. They were never like it was never embarrassing. So I don't know why they kind of abandoned the run like they did. Um, a player like Najee Harris is going to make Pittsburgh more interesting if they start shading more towards the run. But, yeah, this this Raiders team has enough weapons. They have a good enough defense, especially that defensive line now. Um, they're going to make trouble. They're going to make trouble for pretty much every good team in the AFC.
1: There was that one run uh, Harris had with the stiff arm. I think it was on A. Filthy.
0: Oh, Filthy. Right on the
1: sideline just... Just lifted that guy and just threw him. It was oh. with. One and Jonathan arm. Abram,
0: I think, had to retire after that game. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. When you get stiff arm like that, you have to retire. You know, Josh Norman uh, got stiff arm like that a while back, and I think he uh, he had to give up his children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't able to parent human beings anymore. It was awful.
1: was it? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 take him away. Um. Okay. So let's move on to discussing next week. The Raiders get the Miami Dolphins on a little bounce back for Miami. Um, But I need to make this, this might even the playing field a little bit. Josh Jacobs missed a lot of that game, and he's very questionable for this one. And even Derek Carr is a little bit questionable for this one as we speak. Dolphins are He's
0: banged up. He's He's banged banged up. up. But but the Dolphins are banged up too. I mean, Jacoby Brissett... If you're going to have your starter go down and Jacoby Brissett's your backup, you're probably in one of the better situations in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, Miami's defense is. Haven't we for the last few years? I'm actually, as much as I really do like these Raiders, I'm going to pick an upset here. I'm going to have the Dolphins win one game. What? Really? I am. I'm actually going to pick the Dolphins to upset uh, the Raiders. And I do think it's an upset. I think these Raiders are a good team. um, But if they were playing anywhere other than in Miami.
1: Are they? I thought they were playing in Vegas. Did I write that
0: down Oh, Oh, never mind. Sure. Then, Oh, then fuck me. <laughs> they are. They're playing
1: in Vegas. At, uh, oh, then nope. I'm win. going Raiders. Never mind. All All right, fuck me. I changing the, the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, Carr is banged up. Carr is questionable, but Carr's one of those players that will play with those types of injuries, so I fully expect him in there. I don't think Jacobs will be in there again, but they got Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's a fine uh, replacement, but he might yeah, be getting be a big buttload of the carries, fantasy uh, players. And then... um. Yeah, the Dolphins won't have to uh obviously they'll be a little bit more prepared this week, but I still think Miami isn't I am not excited about Miami. Yeah, they, they beat a Patriots team week one with a rookie quarterback in his very first game, but it was a tight game, so you gotta prove something here and you gotta prove it in Vegas against these two and Raiders.
0: I like the Raiders as well. And it, it would change the way I thought about Miami if Miami does beat these Raiders um, oh, sure. at Vegas. Absolutely yeah. I, it would change it would change my outlook on them for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, it would change me for a few weeks until I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another very good game. This one ended very tight. Bengals, Bears. The Bears win it twenty to seventeen. This is when I picked and Dan you had the Bengals, so kinda even things out there. Um a a a low scoring defensive match as you kind of expected that first half zero to seven bears and then uh burrow goes uh just didn't have a good second half throws three interceptions on three straight drop backs throw interception throw interception you get it uh those lead to the bears going up three to twenty and then yeah you could almost count it over at that point um but there's more to this you made a
0: good push he yeah. made a good push, but good yeah, push. It's just not it back good to enough.
1: Seventeen, um, again. Uh, Jamar Chase has a deep touchdown uh, bomb catch, so that'll be an every week thing, I guess. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have the Chicago Bears side, who we get to see a whole lot more of the new rookie QB Justin Fields as Dalton takes a bad step on a scramble, hurts his knee, has to go out. I mean, he played for a little bit more, but could stay in. And uh, then we see Fields for the second half. What did you think, Dan?
0: Um, I thought Fields looked like a rookie. Um, you know, the closest analogy I can, I can think of is um, imagine if you're really funny and everybody says you're really funny and everybody agrees that you're really funny and they're like, oh, you should do an improv class. And you go, yeah, I'll do an improv class. And You're funny in class. The first time you get out on stage, I don't care who you are, it's not going to go really, really well. You know, you are going to have more nerves than you anticipated. You are going to be a little tighter than you anticipated. Even if you are productive, even if it's good, uh, it's not as good as you can be. So you could see Fields was a little shaky, a little jittery, not used to the speed. Uh, You know, he he'd been getting a lot of practice and preseason reps but yeah he was not ready for this Bengals defense which is not a great defense but uh, he did not look productive against them and had a pretty bad pick
1: yeah the pick and the like false starts and stuff that he had things like that didn't look good in the long haul of it but then him and Montgomery were kind of the reason why they ran the clock out at the end good runs to pick up first downs there uh didn't give the ball back to the Bengals when they finally figured it out on offense it did feel like if the Bengals didn't shoot them you know didn't shoot himself in the foot three straight times there's a good chance that uh, this game ends differently but the bears defense is still the bears defense they make offenses look that bad because they're that good um i think uh but what i saw here with fields in was this is a quarterback that is very talented athletically and he can extend that play and his arm talent and everything but as far as being a starting quarterback it's just not ready yet he's not there yet you're right things are a little bit too fast for him dalton does give the bears a better chance at being a better team right now so you go with the the guy that can do that for you now and you know your rookie will be ready when he's ready and he, he he didn't step in he's not a patrick mahomes out of the gate but doesn't mean he can't be yeah. one of those guys once he's ready to take over.
0: Well, Patrick Mahomes had an entire year basically to sit. You know, didn't start a game till week seventeen of his rookie season. Yeah, but somehow um, we knew, we knew what <laughs> no, it was. Well, because it was because it was Andy Reid and Andy Reid. Andy Reid made Kevin Cobb look like a world beater. Andy Reid just <laughs> knows quarterbacks. Um, and you know who fucking doesn't know quarterbacks? Matt fucking Nagy. Um, I was having this argument about about Matt Nagy being you know. Like, everybody's like, oh, wow, what a great offensive coordinator. You know what uh, the Chiefs did when Matt Nagy left? They won a fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did. Without Matt Nagy, they won a fucking Super Bowl. Uh, you know what the Bears did? Fucking nothing. And I don't think Matt Nagy's going to be the head coach even midway through the season. Um, I thought the Bengals offensively were way more talented, but they just, like I said, Burrow lost this game. Um, I, feel, I feel like he won the game last week and he lost one this week, so... You know, he's still a young QB, less than 16 starts to his name. He's going to be making mistakes like this, but the Bengals are still a team to be reckoned with.
1: There's something to uh, Burl's holding on the ball a little bit too long. There's a lot of uh, pressures that he took, but not a lot of uh, penalties towards the offensive line for that because the pressures came after so many seconds after him holding the ball. Yeah. So that's something he's got to do. He's got to get rid of it. There's a lot of talent on that Bengals offense that they put around him. I think he's just got to get used to that clock's a little bit faster in the NFL. So once he learns that his release is fast enough, so yeah, he'll get it out of there. Uh, I, I still looks like he's got a bright future. Oh, the yeah. Bengals now go to that place. I say is very tough to play at Heinz field. They're playing the Steelers on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Uh, however, let's go down the Steelers list of injuries. Big Ben has a pectoral injury. He's questionable. Uh, T.J. Watt missed a lot of that game with a groin injury last week. We know how groin injuries can be. Highsmith has a groin injury. Hayden last week was out. He had the groin injury. Bush is out as well with an injury. And oh, Deontay Johnson, the very end of that game on that random play that really wasn't going to do anything, sitting there on the sidelines, there looking at his knee. Ooh boy. <sighs> so the Steelers
0: with a lot of injuries, but it's also the Bengals going to Pittsburgh. What are you going to do, Dan? I'm picking the Bengals. Ah. I'm uh, I'm I might have I might have boarded the uh, the Bengals bandwagon, I think. <laughs> um yeah, Joe Burrow just he looks good. He's going to have these bad games, but uh he's a smart enough dude and I think as long as this doesn't compound the problem, um I think he's going to have a great week of film session and then hopefully be able to really analyze this Pittsburgh defense cuz that offensive line was was holding up pretty well against a pretty decent uh Bears pressure. So you know they they can stand up to it.
1: I I got burned by picking the Steelers at home last week against the Raiders, um, but I think that the Raiders are a much better team than these Bengals, so I'm going to take the Steelers and that strong defense to get in the young quarterbacks phase one more week. I like the Steelers to win this divisional one at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, you gotta you gotta win the divisional ones, uh, the home ones at least, and so that the Steelers know that they'll be they'll be fired up for this one. All right, we only got a few more left, Dan. I'm rolling through them here. Uh, thank you guys for joining with us. We had a great week, too. So we're we're wrapping it up. We're talking about every single game right here. This is the push-off. Uh, the Browns beat the Texans 31-21. Uh, Terod Taylor had to go out in this one with a hamstring injury. We saw rookie Davis Mills for the second half. He threw an interception that uh, kind of turned the tide here. It was 14-all at the half and it took a Baker Mayfield sneak right before the half to tie it. That interception though was deep in their end, they put a touchdown on the board, they put a field goal on there after that. It's 24-14, and the Texans are playing catch-up from there.
0: The Browns are going to be fun. This Texans team is going to be way less embarrassing than we thought. Um, I feel like with Terod in the the whole game, this is maybe... I mean, Terod was 10 for 11 before he went out. 10 for 11 with a touchdown. Even if he has a middling, uh, sort of like second half to this game, that's still really productive. You know, that's still probably 200 plus yard passing. He's probably going to get, you know, 30, 40 yards rushing himself. Like, this all of a sudden does not look like a bad Texans team. Their defense looked pretty good. Um, Baker Mayfield's injury on the shoulder, he, he dislocated and then got a pop back in. Yeah. Um, they were productive, and and nobody nobody can really stop Nick Chubb. If we're being honest, um, the dude's just too fucking good. But yeah, this is this didn't teach me anything about the Browns, and that the Browns are good. They didn't, they weren't embarrassing. Um, it taught me a lot about the Texans, and that the Texans are going to be in every game this year. I think.
1: Yeah, Browns mixed it up very well on the ground. They needed to do that because once again, these wide receivers who they're paying all this money to can't stay healthy. They. Have no Eldest Beckham. He can't get healthy, and now Jarvis Landry's going to IR for at least three weeks. So they're going to be without him too. So they go turning to you know their tight ends, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper. They did all right, and David Njoku. Just tight ends. He just throw it to tight ends and Peoples Jones. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Browns are dealing with some uh, lack lack of wide receiver, honestly. But the Texans. Who, You're right, we're are kind of a pleasant surprise for right now. It's not going to last, not with Davis Mills in a short week and all this other stuff. I, uh, it's they don't have a talent that can last this long in this season, so I think I still believe things will bottom out for Houston. You know what? They finish at a uh even eight and nine or somewhere around there. You know, I'll eat my words, but I, I don't believe so. Six wins at best, Houston. I'm yeah, right I
0: mean, here. especially. Terod's going on injured reserve with a hammy, and so yeah. at at Terod's age, um, you know, <laughs> Terod's thirty two. He's three years younger than me, but you know, <laughs> he's he's an older quarterback by that standard, and an older mobile quarterback certainly. Um, I think that'll linger throughout the year. So, yeah, I mean, if Mills has got to get decent real quickly uh, to keep this Texans team from cratering, but like I said, I. I think the coaching is actually better on the Texans than I thought it was. So, I would not be surprised to see them put up a good game against the Carolina Panthers next week.
1: Yeah, we're looking at these teams, you know, uh Texans bears are getting forced to put those rookie quarterbacks in probably earlier than they want to and it's a rude awakening when these things happen and the coaches know that these guys aren't ready yet. They're still trying to get the full playbook down, but you give them like a a, a one, you you make them you make sure you got a good running game going that day and you, you can make some magic. It's happened before. We've seen it happen. Uh, let's talk about this game for next week, the Chicago Bears to Cleveland to play the Browns. We already talked about those injuries. Uh, Landry out and Dalton might not be starting. I don't know. He's he's Right now he's down his week to week, but they won't rule him out yet for Sunday.
0: Well, they, what they say? It was like a bone bruise, like a knee, bone bruise in the knee. That could be fucking tough. Swelling could be an issue. Yeah, But uh, I... I mean, like I said, Cleveland's a legit good team. The Bears are not, um, especially going to Cleveland. I think this is Cleveland's game all the way.
1: I would think so, too. I think Cleveland has a better uh, team on paper, and the Bears, You to, to be success, you need those turnovers. You need those shortened fields because of uh, that defense that runs amuck. And if the Browns keep the ball on the ground and they don't fumble it, then it should be clean. So I think the Browns just control this game and – uh, the Bears' offense has has some issues, no matter who's at quarterback. Uh, I have the Browns. All right, uh, the Broncos are two and zero. They they had to beat the Jaguars to do it, but it still counts as a win. Broncos win twenty three to thirteen. Teddy Bridgewater three twenty eight two touchdowns. Uh, looked very good this week, and uh, and he got he had Sutton going, who we like to, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Lawrence threw two interceptions. Still growing as a uh, as a player. I think they have kicker woes too. If Josh Lambo doesn't miss two field goals early, we talk about a very different game. But unfortunately, Broncos hold on to this one. They win it.
0: Um, Trevor Lawrence does not look great out there. No? Um, obviously, you can see the talent, but yeah, Trevor Lawrence. They're giving him a lot of opportunities to learn. Like I said, no one is expecting Trevor Lawrence to lead the Jaguars to a Super Bowl this year. So he's going to get beaten up by good defenses like the Broncos, which he absolutely was. You know, two interceptions, not productive. Um, Yeah, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is exactly the sort of quarterback that this Broncos team needed. Uh, You know, a guy that's just going to be nice and consistent with his play, not going to do anything crazy or put you in bad spots. And yeah, Courtland Sutton's about to be his best friend
1: right yeah especially with jerry Judy out courtland Sutton is a uh, big weapon for him all of a sudden uh got to get Noah Fant going maybe a little bit
0: more uh, for my fantasy purposes yes
1: uh it's it's a shame that the jaguars will never get a monday night primetime game because we'd really like to see the Mannings. <laughs> you know i want to see paid Manning talk about him throwing that ball like get an yeah. idea of this this young quarterback but uh you're right he they're going to need some more weapons around him maybe a functional running game something Uh, to help out the young quarterback because right now he's he's floating there with with no life preserver um yeah uh the broncos took the lead in this one i mean they were up 20 to 7 in the fourth and uh kind of controlled this one throughout it jaguars did what they could in fact their their last touchdown was a touch a kickoff return right so even their offense wasn't scoring in garbage time it was kickoff returns so Ugh, Jaguars, come on, man. Let's turn around. I'd love for you to turn around this week where these Arizona Cardinals are coming to Jacksonville. There's your segue, Dan.
0: Who do you got this game week three? Uh, It's Arizona Cardinals, absolutely. The (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they're going (laughs) 0-3. I mean, sorry. I mean, I wish we could pick more games different this week, but some of these matchups just seem kind of obvious. I know. You know, the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fucking Cardinals are better offensively. They're better defensively, and they're better on special teams. Uh, pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. I I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. They're, Just trying when to pizza on a bagel. You can eat pizza anytime. But you know what I'm saying?
1: Trying to make these uh, games sound a little bit more appetizing, like like pizza bagels, than they do. But they don't. <laughs> yes, I got Cardinals as well in this one. Cardinals going three and zero. What? Yeah, the, good for them, man. The West is the best. Surely, um, right. there it is um the jets at the broncos this is another game we can discuss uh the new york jets can they bounce back can they go in the mile high and bounce back dan
0: no no oh. <laughs> they certainly can't if if there's any indication what this broncos defense was able to do to trevor lawrence they're going to do the same shit to zach wilson yeah um zach wilson's got less uh, less tools to operate with so yeah it's not going to be good um you know the the one thing that does suck is Bradley Chubb's going to be out. Bradley Chubb's got an ankle injury that's severe. He'd be to um, it. Anthroscopic
1: yeah. surgery he's having on Wednesday. How long does that put somebody out? That type of surgery. It's not like two, 2 to 3 months. Ah, shoot.
0: Okay. Yeah, it could be could be 6 to 8, could be 8 to 12. This is uh, this is a guy we've said
1: this about him like a lot of years, right? Like, ah shoot, Bradley Chubb's getting put down again and we can't watch him this season. Like I feel like this is he's had some injury woes early on. Well,
0: yeah, I mean he was a guy that we gave an elite grade to that hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, yeah. you know he's he's getting close to being one of our only elites that actually hasn't panned out. When he's on the field, he is very productive. He just hasn't really been able to stay on the field. Bad ah, boy. Um, I got the Broncos as well. Um,
1: Zach Wilson, show me something, man. But uh, in Denver. Uh, teddy teddy two gloves gonna gonna have his way and um all the success to him it just feels weird seeing, seeing him uh succeed there in another position <laughs> another uh, location good for him yeah, good for yeah him. very good for him all right uh last game to discuss from week two that is the panthers win over the saints at home 26 to 7 another one of these teams we're talking about 2-0 and carolina panthers huh
0: Shocking. Uh, You know, we're headed for a Carolina Tampa Bay, uh, you know, back to the good old days of the early aughts. Uh, You know, Carolina (laughs) versus Tampa Bay, the the Jake DeLome versus Tampa Bay defense years. Um, Yeah, the good old days of yore before Drew Brees came in there and made it the Saints division. (laughs) Um, This, yeah, I mean, I thought Sam Darnold's had a pretty good season so far. He looked really good in this game. and Jameis Winston went back to looking like Jameis Winston. I saw a great meme that said uh, Jameis Winston's MVP campaign, uh, R.I.P. Week one to Week two. <laughs> uh, I mean, he just didn't look great. And Darnold looked really proficient and efficient. He looked like a guy that has enough weapons on this team to make this offense not moribund. Uh, actually, pretty decent. So, yeah, I'm I'm changing the way I was thinking about the Carolina Panthers years this year. Pay. Potentially, in my mind, they are now an NFC wildcard. Uh,
1: you got to look at who they played. They got two home games to start the year, the Jets, and then the Saints team that looks like they're not exactly what they were week one. So I'm not on the Panthers uh, bandwagon yet. In fact, I think they're probably the worst team at 2-0. Uh, but I think they... Going to keep this thing going. Uh, Their defense is what's surprising to me. We talked about how I thought that they needed more pass rushers and stuff like that, I think, uh, as early as, like, last season. We were saying how that was lacking. All of a sudden, they look very daunting on defense. They didn't let the Saints really do anything at all. So that was super impressive there. And then when McCaffrey's healthy and back, that offense is good enough, too, that they can just kind of keep it going. This thing was 17-0 Panthers at the half alvin kamara shut down look he didn't get anything going in this game And, and you remove him from it and you go all right just you james winston beat us you know okay well then there's your two interception game for him that he's good for so um yeah panthers uh controlled this one saints got a touchdown uh after turnover uh late in this one but it just wasn't enough the panthers got another turnover to answer that uh, they missed the extra point but it was it wasn't
0: needed they went at 26 to 7 yeah i mean like i said carolina has enough and their schedule is weak enough that i really do think they're going to be in the mix because um, we we haven't talked about it yet but this carolina panthers team has a really good chance to start the season 3 and 0 and if you start the season 3 and 0 you get a lot more wiggle room than when you started 0 and 3
1: yeah no you got a good point there i i would agree there I'm counting up. Okay, I think that's. T- Sorry, still counting up how many uh, picks we got correct here this week. All right, <laughs> that leads us to the the final two games from week three. Here we are, the New Orleans Saints go to New England. They're playing the Patriots this
0: week. Ooh, this is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm gonna go New England. I'm actually just because it's a home game, and I feel like Belichick. Has watched enough film on Jameis Winston that he can get him to. Um, I feel like this is going to be a, a a close a close win, but I feel like it's going to be a, a Patriots win. Um,
1: yeah, I like the Patriots at home. I think uh, I think the Saints will show up in this one. They'll have a much better game than they did against the Panthers somehow in this one, but. The Patriots are, yeah, they're going to chip away, chip away, they're going to control the ball, and the Saints will make those mistakes that they shouldn't make. So I like the Patriots at home in this one. And then we have the Thursday nighter. Let's end with the beginning. Let's end with the way that Thursday's going to begin here. The Carolina Panthers are in Houston to play the Texans. Again, this is Davis Mills' first start in his NFL career. Let the Mills era begin because i i don't know is sean watson available
0: or do we not talk about that <laughs> somebody's Row, telling me the uh, silence roll.
1: move on okay move on yeah
0: it's Texans. it's amazing that we're all just like we're not talking about this right it's just like they're oh, like is sean, sean gonna be active here. they're like no he's not going to be they're like okie dokie <laughs> sounds well, why good. not it's,
1: it sure seems like you could use a quarterback right now uh, he's not practicing
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why you're not yeah, what, what do you not understand about what I don't understand? Come on, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is a short week for a rookie quarterback. I, I feel like maybe I'd be picking Texans if they had more time to prepare, but this is a short turnaround injury to a veteran quarterback. I feel like it's going to be Panthers on the road. Yep,
1: yeah. I can't take the Texans in this one uh, if Davis Mills is starting. Panthers D, Panthers take it i like them as well all right well there's week three we don't have a lot picking opposite there's a couple here and there but we'll see what happens as we move through all right dan do this with me will you really fast because i want to figure out where we're at in picks um through the week i did much better myself i actually got 12 games correct i got 12 right you were right there with me with a lot of them um the only ones that we picked different was cincinnati chicago which i got Mm -hmm. over you right so there's one over that and then i got uh you got uh vegas so we're Mm -hmm. back to even and then i got rams over colts true so I just get you by one this week, is that all? Yep, just one this week. The rest of them, we were exactly the same, we both picked the Niners, mm-hmm. we both picked the Saints, we got that wrong, we both picked, yeah. So I okay. had 11. You had 11, right, so I had 12. So from your nine from last week, you're up to a healthy... What's the math, Dan? 20. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> healthy 20. <laughs> you're of me by two, I'm at 18, you're at 20 um my mom a rough week she's at 15 that's tough It's tough, but you know what uh it's always darkest before the dawn before the dawn and you're holding
0: the lead dan congratulations still holding it after two weeks hey just you know it's week three man i mean we don't really have a lot of movement we can make uh right here on each other this week but uh you know hopefully i'm i'm sitting at uh sitting at 32 wins uh Ooh. here here this time next week that'd be nice all right, um,
1: it's time to wrap up the show. I have a couple of crazy stats, and then uh, yeah, let's end this thing. Thank Ooh. you guys so much for joining us, though, for another episode. I have to say that before uh, we we bid adieu, um, we are deep into this new season, and we're loving it, even if we've, some of us are owing to. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a long season. That's why I just keep telling myself uh, with that one extra game that. These things can turn around, and, and maybe it'll be this week um, for my Vikings. And then Dan, um, you got your Cowboys uh, Monday night. You got a long uh, weekend here of watching other games before
0: you get to watch your team. Oh, but it'll be nice by that by that point. I'll I'll realize that I've picked fifteen of the previous fifteen <laughs> games correctly. <laughs> and uh you know it's just time for the cowboys to win it and close it out make it 16 for 16 this week there you go
1: oh always the positive thinker all right uh it's time for crazy stats here we go Ooh. um there were zero zero coach challenges in week two how about that wow this has not happened since 1999 and I had to look that was up. That was that back like,
0: when challenges weren't allowed?
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> feels like it. Yep, you got me on a technicality. uh No, no, no. I guess there was, but yeah, there was no challenges in one of the weeks in that season. And then, um which uh, this is just a a quiz question, and we're only two weeks in. But which QB has attempted the most passes over twenty yards so far?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Big Sexy Derek Carr. Is I, it him?
1: You were close. It's in the same division. It's Bigger Sexy,
0: Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy Two Gloves. Throwing deep,
1: as we know him to be fond to do. He loves to do it. You knew that. All right, that's our show once again. Thank you guys so much. That was week two, and you're ready for week three now. We know you are. Dan, but please, before they go, give them the parting words of wisdom.
0: If you're 0-2, the best you can do right now, the end of this season... Is 15 and 2. Boom. And that's the power of positive thinking. You can really turn this around. You can be a 15 win team this year, even with two in the can. Um, especially if you find yourself in a pretty weak division. Uh, are you in the AFC South? Don't worry about it. You can turn this thing around. Are you in the NFC East? Shit. Everybody's basically 1 and 1 except the Giants. Fuck. Uh, we can go, man. We can do this thing. The season has just begun. Barring your team having devastating injuries to the quarterback position, you are still in it. Don't lose hope. Get excited. All these games are good uh, almost every week. Well done, NFL, making this shit exciting every week. Amen. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, that's our episode. Enjoy the uh,
1: Panthers-Texans coming up and all of the games this weekend. Let's hope we all end quite happy. Whether we're filling our pockets full of some money we bet on these games or just, you know, our team finally gets (laughs) us that big win. (laughs) Thank you guys again. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy your football weekend. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Hey. Hey.